we pray for our leaders and anoint them and install them and all that kind of stuff? What's the big deal? I got a bunch of verses. Who likes the Bible? All right, pull one out if you want. Uh, Acts 14.23, this is why we're doing this. It's talking about Paul. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so when Paul would go around and he'd start churches, they would appoint leaders. They would fast, pray, choose leadership, and then they would pray for them, lay hands on them, and then those were the leaders of the church. And so in a nutshell, that's why churches have leaders, because that's how the church started out. And it's just a good way to do it. you got to have leaders in order to get anything done. And in this case, a leadership team is awesome because I'm only one person, and Paul's only one person, Kat's only one person, and so one person turns into ten really fast when you got a whole team, which is very awesome. And uh, speaking of which, it's especially important right now because the, the other announcement I have to make is that starting today, Paul is on sabbatical. Anybody know what a sabbatical is? It's, it's when you don't work. <laughs> it comes with the word Sabbath, right? So it's, it's something that uh, pastors, professors, and folks like that will often do every, roughly every seven years, often. Um, and so Paul's time is up, and so that starts today. So you're done. See ya. He'll still be around a lot, and he'll even share once in a while, but he won't be taking meetings like for counseling or for any of that kind of stuff. So if you need anything, call me. And I will tell one of the leadership team people (laughs) or Kat, and we will do that. And so it's nice for me to have a team because otherwise it would be just me, and that would be a lot of stuff to do. So now they get to help with the stuff. Isn't that cool? So, yes, Paul will be on sabbatical, so please don't bother him. Um, If it's anything super, super urgent, you could text him if you needed to. Otherwise, just go through me if you have anything you want to find out from Paul or if you need anything or if you have a friend who – desperately needs to meet with somebody because of yada, 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 let me know. That's always true, but often people go to Paul first, and he is not in. (laughs) Consider the gone fishing sign in front of Paul for the next four months, although he doesn't really fish, but he'll be gone praying is what he'll be doing. He's going to pray for four months, and then the fire will come. Okay, so leadership is important. We honor our leaders by letting them take sabbaticals. Um, And so we're appointing leaders here because that's what the Bible says to do. It's important. These are people with godly character, vision. They have a commitment to this community, and they have a proven um, call to leadership. And so we prayed about it. And for now, this is the team. The team will expand over time, and it will. some of these people will leave the team eventually as God sends them out to somewhere else. And that's part of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and the larger kingdom of God. And so I want you to know that these are folks who are trustworthy. Okay? These folks can be trusted. You can go to them for advice. You can go to them for prayer. You can um, ask them questions about communitas or God or whatever else. And it's important for us to know that so that when new people come, when new people come, they're not really sure what's going on with the community, right? They're like... Who can I trust here? This seems weird. We're in a basement. I don't know what's going on. And, and it, so it's nice for all of you guys to know, hey, and, and to say hi to the new girl and say, hey, Kansas would really like to meet you. She's one of our leaders. She's super awesome. And then we can introduce them to those kind of people. Everybody with me? Does that make sense? Because sometimes people want to know, so who runs this crazy ship? Um, and so 
there's a number of people you can point them to. And of course, you can send them to me if you have to. Um, ship. The P on the end. Hopefully that'll be recorded properly. Uh, I don't know where to go from there. Uh, so go to these folks for prayer. Um, if you have a ministry idea, these are the folks to go to. If you're like, I have an outreach idea, go talk to Dave. If you're like, I have an idea for a party and I'd like to host one at my place, talk to Sarah. Uh, you, you can always talk to me, and I'll tell you who else to talk to, because um, that's what I do. So what are we supposed to do? How should our attitude be towards leaders? How do we respond to leaders? What, what, sh- what should we be doing? What does the Bible have to say about that? First um, Timothy 4, 14 says, Do not the- neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So Paul's talking to Timothy, and what happened is there was a prayer meeting with the leadership of the church. The leaders laid their hands on Timothy. One of them had a prophetic word, which they gave him, and he received a spiritual gift through that. Uh, it doesn't say what the gift is. Um, I think it was prophecy. But, um, and so the, the receiving of gifts and blessing from God is one of the roles of the leader. That's one of the purposes. These folks and us have been given authority by God in this community And one of the things God does through that is allow us to access the gifts and the blessings that God has given us. And we could do a whole teaching on authority, but I won't. Um, For example, I'm a dad, so I have authority over my own kids. I don't have authority over other people's kids, right? And so elders, leaders in a church have authority over that place. And one of the things that God does through that is he uses those people to bless everybody else you. And so it's great to get prayer from anybody, right? It's always good to get prayer from a Christian you trust. But it can be even cooler to get prayer from a leader at the community that you're a part of. Because God has given them a certain degree of authority in your life and spiritual authority in this place. And that's just the way God does stuff. He uses that. And it's a humility thing sometimes, especially in a community like this, because you may be older than the... Than the elders. I mean, you might be older than the leadership team or whatever, because it's not about age, right? It's, it's about calling, and this is what these folks are called to do for this uh, period of time. And uh, I, James talks about that as well, James 5, 14 through 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, they will be forgiven. And so, again, it's great to get prayer from everybody, anybody that you trust, but God can use leaders in a special way. There's a special grace and authority on leaders in a community that you're a part of to pray for you. So take advantage of that. Seriously, like, ask for prayer all the time. It doesn't have to be like a massive life problem. It can just be like, I want to walk in more of the blessings God has for me. Tony, can you pray for me? And he loves to do that, by the way. His name is T-Zap, and you might get zapped. Not to get too, too Pentecostal on you, but. Um, so God uses leaders as conduits of, of, of blessing. That's, that's one of the roles of, of leaders, and that's a wonderful thing that we get to be a part of. Uh, so how should we treat them? Right? Be nice, you know, to leaders. That's pretty much it. First Peter 5.5 5 says this. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves with all humility. 
and with love towards one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so we treat leaders with respect, right, with humility, uh, not in a weird way, not like uh, he's a leader now, you have to call him Mr. Zappia or Elder Zap or something like that. Like, we, we don't have to get religious about it, but um, respect for people is important, and that's true with everybody, right? Like, you want to be nice and speak well of everyone in your life. That's something we should do about everybody. And so if you're talking about Tony or Andy or Naomi in someone else's company, you should speak well of those people. That's part of what it means to be a Christian, right? And it's even more true with elders and with leadership because sometimes the tendency is, oh, I didn't like the way they did this or they did something that annoyed me. And so we sometimes have a, uh, have a temptation to talk about people behind their back. And it's not wrong to disagree with somebody and it's not wrong to, to have an issue with what somebody did, but to, to malign their name behind their back is not good for anybody, but it's especially bad for leadership. Are you with me on that? And so if, you, if one of these leaders, you know, does something that you have a problem with, just talk to them. Or if you don't want to, you can talk to me. And that's fine. And if somebody comes up and said, Cat was super mean to me, which is hilarious. Because um, <laughs> that's, like, physically impossible. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say, yeah, that cat, she really loses her temper sometimes, right? No, I'm going to defend her. Because that's my job. I'm going to say... Look, I guarantee you this is some sort of misunderstanding because she has your best in mind. She loves you. And whatever it was that happened here, she did not mean to be mean to you. I guarantee it. Okay? So we defend one another when stuff like that comes up. And we should always do that for each other, right? We should speak well of each other, defend one another. And that's very true for leaders as well. Um, And, you know, as a dad, I love it when my kids say nice things about each other. Like the other day, Andrew was like, you know, Dad, I think Kaylee should write songs and be a worship leader. She's so good at writing songs, which she is. She sings songs and makes them up all the time. And, like, it made me so happy that he was singing her praises, pun intended. Like an eight-year-old doing that. That's awesome. So how much more does it make God happy? When Sarah is like, oh, Blake is so cool, and he's such an awesome guy. And, like, when we do that for each other, about each other, like, God loves that. He loves it when we show honor, when we show respect to one another. It, as a dad, it makes him really happy when his kids do more than just get along, but really love each other and be a community. And when in doubt, speak well of somebody and defend them. And that's the way to go. Um, Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. I I, I think that's a fantastic verse. Like, Paul, as a leader, saying this, like you can say he wanted to say something a lot stronger, and he was like holding himself back. Please let them do this with joy and not groaning. Because that's not going to help you. Like, you are driving your leaders freaking crazy, guys. Like, stay, leave off them, right? Uh, You can just hear Paul in the background there talking about that. Or Luke or whoever wrote Hebrews. Um, And so, you know, these folks are here to serve you. And Paul's going to talk right now as he comes up about the role of the leader. Um, But for us, we get to honor these people. We get to help them. And we get to pray for them. Please, please, please. I hope you pray for this community. I hope you pray for your leaders. And 
do it more. <laughs> However much you're praying for us and praying for the leadership right now, please increase it. And now you have a few more faces to put to those prayers. And on the website, when we get things up and running, um, we're going to have that listed on the website too so that you can know who to talk to, who to see um, when it comes to that sort of thing. So that's a little bit about how we can, as a community, support our leaders. And Paul is going to talk some about, more about that. Karen says hi, so say hi, and I'll tell her, I'll, I'll give it back to her. Karen's my wife. Hey, we got uh, at least one new person here. I, what's your name? Bree. Hi, Bree. Welcome. Who do you know here? Emma. She's a good person to know. And me. Gla- I remember when Bree was yes. born. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Yes. And how many know where Latvia is? Raise your hand if you know where it is. Okay. You, know, you have been there with me. Okay. Where is it? Eastern Europe. Near the what sea? Baltic. Okay. Anybody speak Latvian here? Raise your hand if you speak Latvian. Do you speak Latvian? Sort of. And Russian? This is Maris. And Maris is a student at Northwestern and first time here tonight. Welcome, Maris. Glad to have you with us. And, yes, I'm going on sabbatical. And every seven years, North Heights, we took our clue from them. They take three months of uh, change, rest, refurbishing. And I flunked it twice, so I want to succeed this time. This is my third time. How do you flunk sabbatical? I don't know, but I did. So I'm hoping to do it right and do it good this time. So thank you for understanding that. So here is, here is uh, Mark and, uh, in his gospel. And three times we read about Jesus telling the disciples about his impending death. After the first time he does it, he's going to do it three times, Mark 8, Mark 9, Mark 10. What happens after the first time? Peter takes him aside. He, he literally goes like this, takes him aside and says, this will never happen to you. Chapter 9, Jesus is talking about his death. After he gets done, and if you've got your Bibles, turn to, Act, to Mark chapter 9. They have a discussion. Who is the greatest? Mm. Not a good time to do it, guys. So at chapter 8, he uses it to do a teaching. Chapter 9, he does it. So now we're going to look at chapter 10, and he tells him about his coming death. That's a serious time. You'd, you'd wish that they would say, oh, Jesus, really? Now you get two guys coming up to him and making a request from him. What are they requesting? Some of you, some of you might remember it. Yeah. Who? What's their names? J- John and James. What are they called? The sons of. Okay. So before we say what's wrong with that, what's good about what they just said? What's good about what they asked? They said, may we sit at your right and your left. You know why I think they did that? 
because there were three of them that were always being taken apart by Jesus. There were only three that saw his transfiguration. There were only three that saw him raise uh, Lazarus, no, raise Jairus' daughter up. They were there alone. They were the, they were the three that were closest in the um, Gethsemane, so they felt special. There's some reason God is doing this. Jesus is, is calling us. So why do you think they asked if they could sit at his right and his left? Here's my little theory. They're looking, okay, there's Peter, and then there's us two. How many seats are there next to Jesus? There are just two. <laughs> I think Peter would really like to get that seat. We better quickly ask him. I don't know if it happened, but it could have been. And so what is, what's, what's good about them asking that? Okay, that's a positive thing. They want to be close. What are some other reasons, other good things? to be with them? Yeah, that's a good thing. Okay. They, they, they saw some future in Jesus. They saw that he was going to be prominent, and they wanted to be in on that. That's a wonderful thing. Is it wrong to have a desire for leadership, have a desire for, for significance? Do you have that in your heart? Is there something in you that longs to be significant, longs to make a mark? That's a good thing. And they knew that Jesus was going to do it, and they liked the idea that he could, if they asked him, he had the power to grant it. He's talking about death, and they're looking beyond that. So there is faith. What was wrong about it? Pardon? They wanted to be gods. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. What else? Maybe. Maybe there was pride there. I suspect that there might have been, that we're... we're Important or big shots. Timing was certainly not good. You know, you don't, when he's talking about his death, you don't, hey, hey, we want to sit in your right hand in your glory. Plus, they didn't understand what, what that was all about. So Jesus didn't say, that was a stupid thing that you asked. Notice, he didn't say that. He didn't rebuke him for saying it was a stupid request. He said, you sure? Do you really want to do that? He said, there, there's a high price. Those seats cost a lot. Are you willing to pay a price for those seats? I mean, you go to a fancy concert, you may pay 50 bucks. You sit the right hand of Jesus, left hand. That's going to cost. And what was their answer? We'll pay. We'll pay. Did they? James was killed. Um, this James, he a little longer than that. He was, but uh, in the New Testament church, he was in Acts chapter eleven. Herod, Herod kills James, and uh, he is. Uh, Herod likes, likes the response he got from the Jews, so he's going to go after Peter. And Peter had a jailbreak, more spectacular than any you'd see on TV, pretty significant. And John was uh, exiled to the Isle of Patmos. They paid. But then he said, I'm sorry, I can't give you those seats. It's the Father's. 
the Father gives them. But then he gives them a teaching about leadership. Sometimes when you think about leadership, leadership is for people. They're the big shots, right? They're the ones that have the authority. So they're above us. Isn't that a typical picture? And he says that's how the Gentiles think. But it shall not be so among you. And so I'm speaking to those of you who are called to lead. Here's my word to you. The lower you go, the higher you get. It's not how high you go, but how low you go. If you want to have influence with people, serve them. You don't lead by virtue of your position. The Pharisees led by their position. Jesus led by his character. Billy Graham led by his character. It's not so much his preaching. It's his character. It's his sterling character. Bill Clinton had leadership traits. He had, he had leadership skills. He lacked the character. And so he won't be remembered. Abraham Lincoln had character. George Washington had character. We remember their character. It's not the traits. And so I'm saying to you, go low. See how you can serve these people. Because if you serve them... That's the model of Jesus for leadership. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. He took the form of a servant. So I bless you, young adults. I bless you with the ability to go low. And so in any situation, you can say, what does it mean in this situation for me to serve? What does it mean in this way to go low? When we started the Master's Institute, that's the word I gave more than any other word. You remember it, go low. So that's my word to you tonight. And it may sound like, boy, that's a hard word. In some ways it is. In some ways it is. But you'll find that there's more joy in giving up your rights and expressing your responsibility. There's more joy in that than feeling like you're important and going high. When you go low, you really have the joy of the Lord. Would you stay here?